Hello everyone, welcome to Press Pause, where we take a short break from our actual play show and do something new, something different, something spontaneous. This is Let's Chat, an interview show where we bring in creatives in the TTRPG space to talk about what they do and why they do it. Today, to chat with me is April Consolo. April is one of our Season 1 cast members for Wildmore High, playing hot girl Ivy Duncan. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, Kenzie. I'm so excited to be here. So I know you. We've known each other for a while. We've lived together. (laughs) But the people only know you from Wildmore High. So I think we should remedy that. Um, And from my perspective, it seems like in the last year or the last two years, you have been incredibly busy doing everything under the sun. You're so right. (laughs) Um, It's been really wild. I mean, you and I were roommates in like 2018 to 2019. Yeah. And then 2019 was when I moved to New York. Same. And then we maybe didn't even get to see each other before like the whole world shut down. And yeah. We both stayed in New York for all of that. So yeah, it's only been like the past two years that I feel like the world has even been open to us to to do things That's um, like post-grad. That's pretty true. That That is unfortunately <laughs> how it worked out. But it's been really wild to see like how fast um, things can like avalanche once you start to find your people and start to make connections in the art world and like how fast word of mouth works so (laughs) people talk they really do um so you are you're a lot of things you're an actor you're a director you're a costumer you're a vintage clothing aficionado did I miss anything in there that you would like to title yourself as um no a ball (laughs) a ball of stress um a struggling struggling artist at all of those things no, you basically hit the nail on the head. I mean, the the various things that I've done for like money are wide reaching, but the things that I want to be known for are that that sounds really bad, but like yeah, it's uh-huh. just, I was I work I like worked at a a vegan grocery store. I worked as a barista. Um I've done like a variety of other things too, but like yeah, mostly it's like acting and costuming um that kind of is like my bread and butter and then I only recently got to be a first-time director um this past January I got to direct my first short film and that was kind of a long time coming um I mean I I wrote that script like before you and I even met in college so that is a long time coming yeah like like seven that was five years years ago (laughs) (laughs) So like, yeah, I I wrote the script, it's called Like, Subscribe, and I wrote the script for the first time um, in like my intro to editing course, like a very random um, film course, and it was like eight o'clock in the morning, and I was like very sleep deprived, and I was like watching some video about like Premiere or Da Vinci or something, and it was like this bolt of lightning just like hit me, and I like just brought out my laptop and started writing and and um the first draft was very not good and I just 
kind of wrote it in one go and put it away and didn't reference it for a long time. And um, the themes were very personal to me at the time. It was a lot of like loneliness and like tech addiction and um, like exploring queerness and what that means and how all of those things can like stack on top of one another to like a very mentally ill <laughs> space. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I like put it away for a while, but then in 2020, like I had a lot of time to sit and think about those things specifically because I felt like everyone I knew was like inside my phone and it was a really weird feeling and I did not enjoy it. And, um, you know, obviously nobody's lives were really great then, but I felt so, um, like dejected and like disillusioned about what I had chosen to do. And it seemed like there were some people that were still being very successful and, you know, didn't wear the same t-shirt for like 10 days in a row. And I was envious of them and it brought Yeah, me they back. had too much power because there were times during the quarantine where the shower wasn't had for no. an amount of time that I don't want to disclose. And I was so stinky and I was seeing all these hot girls online and I was like, oh my God, they're probably not stinky at all. And like, I, it, but it made me think back to like kind of that same mental space I was when I wrote it and, and I brought it out and I went back and forth with a good um, director and writer friend of mine, Megan Mann, and, and we went back and forth and she was giving me a lot of notes and she was like, you should make this. And I was like, what if you made it? And she's like, absolutely not. This is yours. Um, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, like it's it's your baby. You should do it. And uh, so I did. And I it it took three years after that to actually get it made. But um, I just like had this moment of clarity where like I'd done maybe 15 or 16 drafts of it and it was in a good place. And the only thing I needed to do is raise the money and like actually just fucking do it. And, um, you know, find the people because right, yeah. I don't like when how it was talked about when it was going on, it kind of seemed like the only reason it happened seemingly as swiftly as it did once the ball got rolling was because you had met those people working on something else. Totally. I I worked on this incredible movie in 2022 called Cannibal Mukbang. Um, and I had met the director, Amy Kuge, who is like just a dream to work with and has become one of my closest friends and like dearest collaborators. And she, it was her directorial debut um, for like a feature. And she created such a great environment on set where everyone felt so safe and supported. And, but we were also like making good time and being efficient and like getting amazing shots and uh, working with that team, like the amazing DP Harrison Craft, and like a lot of my co-stars and other people that worked on that set, I just was like, I want to work with you guys forever. Um, and I had sent my script to Amy and to Harrison and to a few other people on the set. And they were like, yeah, dude, we'll totally work on this with you. Um, you know, just like, tell us when. And I, yeah, like they were just also supportive and willing to like put their faith in me as like a first-time director and 
uh, they were like, yeah, we totally think that you can do this and that you should. And so I was like, all right, guys, um, what about January? Nobody does anything in January, right? <laughs> and they were like, you're right. Um, so we'll work on your movie. And I also had um, a specific opportunity with a close friend of mine, Tara Rani, who I wanted to play the lead opposite myself. And she usually lives in LA, but she was in New York for like a very specific amount of time. And so I was like, all right, I have to decide to do this now. Or like, I may never get the crew and the cast that I like really want for this. So I spent like a month working on the seed and spark and filling out all of that information, which I, I think seed and spark is such a great idea. Um, they're a really great company and they are very supportive to filmmakers and their process for making a crowdfunding campaign is really detailed. <laughs> it took a long time, um, but very straightforward. And, and they really do offer you a lot of help. So I went through and, and it took about a month working with Amy, who ended up being my producer and my AD to get that off the ground. And then I just had like the most touching, deeply moving, like outpouring of support from the people around me, um, you know, friends and family and, and people that I have worked with in the past. And they really just, <sighs> anyone who watches Monster Hearts or listens to Monster Hearts knows that I cry incessantly um so I'm trying not to do that right now no, just talking about the people who helped you make your project come to life is an emotional thing because of how long the process usually takes so you're working with these people closely on set but then for months and months before and afterwards as well so you do develop close relationships I do and and also just to see like who who like came out of the woodwork to support and like share the campaign and, and donate funds and and just like offer, you know, bodies to be on set. It was really, really exceptionally moving. And um, I, I was worried kind of, cause that's a lot of pressure, right? Like you have, I mean, our crew wasn't that big. I think we had eight people on the crew uh, including myself and the cast was not big. We had four other actors besides myself and, and then some extras that showed up and worked for pizza. And I'm extremely grateful to all of them, but I, it, it's a lot of pressure because I hadn't done anything like that before. I hadn't really directed anything before. Um, just a few like theater scenes in college. And, and so I had to really like put the faith in myself that I knew what I was doing and I was prepared and, if I wasn't, that I had put people around me that were willing and gracious enough and generous enough to bridge that gap between like my own knowledge and their knowledge. It's like, I didn't, it's the realization that I don't have to do everything myself, mm -hmm. which is wild <laughs> um, yeah. for a lot of different people. And I'm sure Kenzie feels that way about queer pg like oh my god i, I mean, mean they're this is a two-person team which is different <laughs> than like an eight-person team so i am still doing everything but um i understand the sentiment yes yes like like it's it's nice to be able to rely on people that you love that and know that they're going to be doing their job and supporting you and 
we're in post-production now and everything looks really good <laughs> i'm excited I, to see it i'm i am too <laughs> yeah um but it's are also you sending it to festivals then when it's all done yes yeah i mean really i just i want it to go to a few festivals i want it to be like um almost like a, a big portfolio piece for me because it's like i did a lot <laughs> you know half of the crew list is me it's like I directed it, I wrote it, I costumed it, I acted in it, edited it, et cetera, um, and cast it and all of those things. So producing with, like co-producing with Amy. So it's like a really good thing that I can point to and be like, no matter what job I want in the future, what I'm trying to like prove to to producers in the future, it can be like, here's a piece where you can see everything um at once and so I am I'm really proud of it and like set went so smoothly the vibes were impeccable I have to say um it it was like such a blast we weren't there for like 16 hours we had like very feasible like 10 to 12 hour days everyone got good rest um it went very smoothly I really I kept waiting for like the disaster to hit and it never hit. And then we wrapped and it was done. And I was like, oh my God, there wasn't a disaster. There were like issues that we solved and that, and like being able to solve those issues on the fly and it it, it instills confidence, you know? Yeah. For the future stuff. So I'm also very excited to see it, but it, it, it'll be a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this could be, well, I guess before I ask that question, um, Cannibal Mukbang then, same kind mm. of amount of time, or do you think that's going to be out sooner? I saw those photos, and they were great, and I want to see the thing now. Um, It's going to be soon, oh, actually. Really? Awesome. I, I literally just talked to Amy, the director, like like yesterday, and it's it got, it's being submitted to festivals, so it could be out, like, as early as like August in film festivals, not like, like to the public. Um, but before the festival run, there will be a friends and family, a little premiere. So you'll probably see it before the end of the summer. That's awesome. I'm very excited. Cause this was last summer that this was going on because you did that right before we started season one recording. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were, well, we were, we were working on like the character building and I think we had done like three episodes and then I was like sorry guys (laughs) oh Um, okay I thought that was in June and then we held off on starting to record until you got back maybe that That might it might because that was like a whole month yeah you were gone I was yeah that's true (laughs) um (laughs) I really I I felt so bad because obviously like I committed to this in May or yeah, something I think so, like, yeah. it, like I think like I, I like committed to you and the movie like the same week and yeah. I was like oh no I like really but that was my whole like summer and early fall was just like these two things and I've never felt so fulfilled and surrounded by good people in my life and I, I'm like still chasing that high <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still going after that but I mean we shot we shot and rehearsed for all of August. Um, and then we had some pickup days in September. And then we actually had like a whole other week of pickup days 
um, like this past April because we had to do like this cool flashback sequence, which was in a whole other state. Um, and so we, and then I was, and it was like filmed on like on super eight film. It was, it's like this whole interlude in the middle of the film that we uh, did production on like way later, but now it's like really done. We've done ADR, there's like a score and like uh, custom sound tracking and all of that stuff. So it's, it's very soon, but I haven't seen it yet. A lot of people have seen it. Um, like to get, you know, to get feedback and things like that, but I have not seen it and I am so anxious because I'm so close to it. I care so much. Yeah. And I'm really, really proud of it from what I know. <laughs> but but then I'm I'm like, what if I watch it and I'm like, oh my God, that performance. I mean, isn't that everybody's thing though and then you just like don't say anything about it and you let everyone else tell you how good it was because when you're when you are that close to something it's hard to like look at it from an outside perspective totally like I listened to when we were doing the first season I ran the episodes so I heard us do it Mm -hmm. I edited the episodes I listened to them to make sure the edit was good and so by the time they were out I was like these suck (laughs) Yeah, I had, I, I mean, well, I think I mentioned in, in one of the, um, like, Queer PG talkbacks that, like, I could not listen to it for months, any of the Monster yeah. Hearts episodes. And then I finally did, and I was like, guys, we're funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually, yeah. like, really charming. Yeah. <laughs> and we did a great job. And I just, you know, it's such a massive body of work to look back on, and I'm so proud of it. And uh, it's really it feels like doing a TV show. I feel like I did a TV show. Yeah, I mean, we did what, 20 episodes, roughly like two, two and a half hours each, and then our ridiculous- Eight hours. Eight hours of recording for the epilogue. Oh my goodness. That was unhinged, actually. I also want to say that the- was it the final episode or the epilogue? I was on set for like a different movie, uh, and I like I was in like the the like attic. I think it I think it was the the final episode because yeah. for the epilogue I was in a different place. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know, I was like telling everyone on set, I'm like, you need to be so fucking quiet. <laughs> This is very important to me. This is the climax of this, okay? And I come downstairs and I have like puffy eyes and like a red face from crying. And they're like, what's going on? I'm like, my podcast just ended. (laughs) So it was very emotional. And I was like, I can't. It's so important. I can't reschedule. We're already releasing episodes. Like we we have a a schedule to keep. Because that was... We premiered on the 31st, which was when you and I went to see the Fletcher concert. Oh, yeah. And then the next day I flew to Ohio because I had a flight out of Cleveland to Scotland. So we had to film the epilogue between me getting to Ohio and me going to Scotland. That was wild. And we did. But it it was was eight hours. hours. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't want it to end. Okay. Well, that's really what it was. And we had to. We had to do everything yeah. because I was going to be gone for like two and a half weeks 
and we had to get it done. And we still never even talked about Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things. Yeah, if you want to hear um, all the things that we may have missed in season one, you can check out the uh, wrap-up episode of Monster Hearts that we did, where it was that also that episode also. I think we were so excited just to see each other again because that happened months after. Yeah, that that episode was also kind of unhinged. I you can't. I I at this point I literally like can't trust us to get together <laughs> it's just gonna be like extremely lengthy and unhinged but yeah. yeah I mean we we both like this crazy camaraderie and like it's also this weird thing of like our characters were all best friends so even though you know like the three like player characters like me and Mads and Brennan and then later Ash like we we were like maybe the closest like me and Ashley but then, but like prior, I had never met Brennan and I, Mads and I weren't like super close in college. Like we were friendly and we had some classes together. So like, but then playing best friends for so many months, I was like, yeah, those are my besties. <laughs> those are, what do you mean? Like we've been best friends since birth. <laughs> like it, it just like felt, and like as our real friendship as humans started developing simultaneously and then we were pretending to be you know long-standing childhood best friends for so long and like I will die for you level of like besties and so um yeah I miss them that kind of I actually kind of had roughly that question to ask because we had spent so much time in development with each other and creating characters and backstory and world I was going to ask if you thought that was helpful for you to become better acquainted with the place and the people because you were jumping into this type of thing for the first time. Oh, yes. I mean, I I don't know if I've talked about this, but like when you first recruited me, I was extremely skeptical. I was like, Kenzie, I don't think I'm into this D&D thing. I don't know about that. Like, it's cool and all, but I, I'm not because I wasn't even like, I'm not even like an improviser in general, mm-hmm. although I guess I can... I can say I am now, but I, but at the time I hadn't even done improv in any capacity, let alone like TTRPG, like character long form improv. Um, and so I was like, I don't know if this is for me. And then you were like, well, I don't know. I mean, you get to play a gay person that is also a monster. And I was like, maybe I'm a little sold. Maybe well, see, I can- <laughs> that's the thing is because I think I can absolutely not imagine you sitting down at a D table that not a single I, that just is never gonna happen it should never happen that's no. not the vibe but monster hearts probably like any belonging outside belonging or powered by the apocalypse apocalypse game would be perfect for you and monster hearts i just was like it yeah yeah it it really it was such an easy fit and like I was so nervous for the first episode and I was like, I have to make sure I'm like establishing all my relationships. I need to make sure I'm like dropping hints and details and like saying yes to certain things and like choosing paths and, and making strong choices, you know, like, cause you know, you go to performing arts school, you learn about the, the, the theories of improv. So I knew like, I knew yes. And I knew established relationships and stuff like that, but I didn't, otherwise I didn't really know what was going on. And so I was really just like uh, 
you know, depending on you and, and Brennan and Mads and, and Ashley, who are all like so much more deep into the world of TTRPGs um, to guide me. And I was like stealing little bits from yeah. everyone as you were playing. Well, it's not even stealing, so cool. it's learning. Yeah, right. You know, it's, it's learning how this, the world of role pay- playing and storytelling in this fashion works and then being able to be like, oh, well, I can use that trick now. Yes. Like, I remember, like, Brennan is is so good at, like, quippy dialogue and, like, voice acting work. And I was like, oh, like, it's so specific. Like, like his voice, you know, for Sawyer. And, and like, Mads' descriptions were always so, like, rich and detailed and, like, sensory and, and like... Ashley's like backstory was always so consistent and like they would pull out these crazy facts from nowhere because like they just had it like stored inside and then obviously like you're doing all of those things at once because you have like 20 (laughs) characters so it was really cool to be able to like just experience that and 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 see what kind of a player I wanted to be or like what my my strengths would be which like it's I I still don't know what my strengths are but I think that I I pulled a little bit from everyone and just tried to like support the story and then towards the end I was even like texting you and being like hey I have like strong ideas for plot points or, like, well you stories. also were texting me to try to get me to tell you what was gonna happen and <laughs> I don't like surprises <laughs> I am like a Capricorn stellium I like to plan I like to know what's going on in another life, I would be, like, a really good, like, GM, Master of Ceremonies sort of deal, but, like, not in this life. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's why I really like GMing is because I'm a bit of a control freak. Yeah, so it worked out perfectly. But I don't think you should be worried about, like, being nervous at the beginning because I think we were all nervous. And I think that if you listen to episode one, it's quite obvious that we were all nervous because... It went, it got a lot better as we went on, but I remember anytime I was doing like exposition, it sounded like I was a radio announcer. Like it was so official and so formal. And then I dropped that very quickly, but the first episode sounds wildly different than how we ended up. And I think that just shows growth in comfortability level and experience doing what we were doing. I mean, any pilot for any TV show is like a whole different realm yeah. from what you end up with like you ever watch like the, like the pilot of like parks and rec it's bad yeah the it's first like, season of that not, show is bad it's not good <laughs> yeah. but then you know and and a lot of pilots I mean not so much now but a lot of like pilots in, in like the older kind of uh style of tv like yeah they're just you're like throwing shit at the wall seeing what sticks yeah hey hey is anyone else out there obsessed with dice Does anyone out there want to join the I have too many dice sets for my own good club? Or is this going to be a party of one? Because I would be the first to tell you that I have a dice problem. But I don't necessarily think that's the worst problem to have. So if you've got the same mindset, QueerPG has a fun little offer for you. If you head over to fanrolldice.com, you can use our code QueerPG10 at checkout to get 10% off your purchase. They've got gemstone dice, my personal favorite, They've got wooden dice, they've got metal dice, and a whole bunch of other designs and accessories to fit all of your dice gremlin needs. So, if you find you're itching for something new to add to your collection, 
Head on over to FanRollDice.com, and remember, QueerPG10, that's Q-U-E-E-R-P-G-10, at checkout to get 10% off. Have fun rolling! But we also established, like, a lot of really cool stuff ahead of time, and I just wanted to, like, make sure that I wasn't, like, um, limiting any of the other characters in my choices. Like, I wanted to keep, I wanted to stay very true to, like, our decisions we had made beforehand, but then also immediately we're like fucking shit up and like going in various directions and being like actually I feel this way about this person now and I'm going to kiss this person well that was only me for like yeah it, it's really episodes, funny but... to play monster hearts with two well three out of four characters by the end who were like almost verging on asexual without that being known like yes. going into it and so you have this game that is fueled by being horny and having sex and making out with people and the only person driving that was ivy <laughs> but she was making up for everyone oh yeah, yeah yeah definitely i was gonna say i think that you can figure out what you feel like your strength is for yourself but i think your biggest strength was playing two character. Aww. Yeah, you That's there great. was there was never like a moment where a choice you made made no sense for wh where Ivy was or what she was thinking or doing at that time. So you you know that's that's a part of improv too is like knowing who you're the character you're playing. Totally. And like I do I love her. I'm so worried for her. Um and I was very worried for her. But I had, I was just trying to like tap into like teenage brain and be like, oh my God, everything feels like the end of the world. But like, what if it actually was? Like, what if, what if your drama that feels like the world could end, like it actually, it like genuinely, you're right. The stakes are that high. Um, and, and granted, that is kind of what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the it, world it, did almost end or at least Wildmore almost ended. Uh, spoilers sorry <laughs> I just I love her so much because I think that there's I mean and we did we talked about this and, and other things so excuse me if I'm repeating things well no but. I mean anybody if if you haven't seen anybody listening if you haven't heard uh the after shows you might not have heard some of this and so you can feel free to expound upon that brilliant um so I wanted Obviously, like Monster Hearts and Queer PG is set up to explore queerness within these games that we're playing. And I think that like a classic trope for exploring queerness in high school is the like, I'm so ashamed of myself in the closet sort of thing. And I think that that story can still be told a billion different ways and should be. But that's not what I wanted for her. I wanted Ivy to be like, oh, yeah, I like everyone. I want to kiss everyone. Um, you know, she has, like, polyamorous dads that have existed for millennia and take lovers all the time of, like, all genders. And, and it. I wanted her to be, like, very free in that realm because I think that instead of exploring it 
through like directly through queerness, I wanted to explore repression that I felt as a queer person through the vampirism. Well, that is the point of Monster Hearts. Right. Is you're a monster because you're queer. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. that was but, the appropriate path to take. Right. But I didn't I didn't want her to struggle with her sexuality at all. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to know it, feel great about it. And also something that I have to commend the other players on is that like, although they joke about it a lot, like no one ever slut shames Ivy. Mm-hmm. Like she, she just is who she is. And that's her strength and her downfall um, yeah. is that she's not very, uh, she's not, she doesn't feel very motivated to change. And so finding her art, was really interesting because like that change had to come from like a place of love and like her realizing that everyone does love her exactly how she is was like really healing to play as a character as as a person to play that character um because I think that that's like a personal struggle of like my life it's like if I am completely myself will people still like approve of me and love me right it's like it's one of those like uh what what is the the there's like an acting term it's like original wound or something like that like the wound that you receive in childhood that teaches you um like a false paradigm and ivy's was that if she were to reveal like her true self, her darkest self, her vampiric self, et cetera, that she wouldn't be loved the same way. Um, and so getting to play that through and have, you know, like Caleb and Sawyer and Kai and her parents like really truly love her and and risk their lives for her um, was so healing. And, and that allows her to be comfortable in her truest self even though her her like worst nightmare comes true um that's also something that she had to face and and it's like okay because like sometimes it happens you know like you have you you have like your biggest fear your worst nightmare and sometimes in life those things do happen um but you're still there and you have to go on with life after that and how do you um, continue to cope and continue to grow in those sort of circumstances. So I love her. I would play her again, as you know. Yes. And she well, taught me a lot about myself. I was going to say, it's been on my mind a lot, but as you said before, who knows how getting the cast back together would work. And I don't even know if right now we could. Everyone's so busy. But yeah. I did have a thought that like maybe we could do like, a one or two episode special for like a holiday or something. <laughs> but I don't know. Just because another full season isn't feasible right now. So like yeah. trying to brainstorm ways to like get us back together and get us back in Wildmore. Totally. Um, because I think that we had talked about when we were in development about how well like Phobia, like homophobia, prejudice, that type of thing could exist in the world. 
it wasn't on the forefront. So like we had a little bit of it with a Master Kush uh, Q and um, Caleb, but the majority of the world wasn't concerned with queerness because they were concerned with supernatural attacks on this yeah. town <laughs> it's like yeah how can you really care that like caleb and sawyer are kissing like how can you care negatively when like adam is covered in black goo from the inside yeah. out there's yeah. like you know, bigger fish to fry here um but also it's cool because like uh as like i'm like the the most elder gen z that you can be and yeah so when I was in high school it was very homophobic mm-hmm. and I didn't come out really to anyone except my very closest friends and um but nowadays I do feel like in a lot of parts of the country and the world like if you're in high school and you're gay people are like yeah you, okay. there's a, you don't even have to come out yeah you, you don't have are to at this point yes which is like what we've kind of I've always wanted is to like live in a world where you don't have to come out unless you really want to um obviously we're not there so far from that so far from that um but it was you know it was good for us to yeah for us to create almost a, a verging on utopia for queerness and I think that's kind of what the point of queer pg was like I want to be able to explore dark themes in um things that we have all dealt trauma we have dealt with in our lives and everything but do it in a way that isn't like harping on us for being queer yeah like like, explore like like you were saying exploring the themes of queerness through being monsters like that type of thing like it's the same elements the same feelings just not because of queerness yes and i want so much more of that in the world because like Queer people can have other types of trauma, <laughs> okay? Yes, and, and most of them most of do. Us do. <laughs> so, like, God, can we like literally just have queer people dealing with other problems? And uh, again, you know, like, I think that the storyline with Q and Caleb was done really well because, like, it—I mean, it's planted from the very first episode with um, Sawyer's black eye, and I just think that. And it allows other characters to, like, change in really cool ways. And, like, it allows for healing in, like, another way. Because we did talk about it. Just because we did, like, talk about it. But also Q evolved. And we, like, got to show an evolution of a character and and a healing in a way of another character. It allowed us to show what the issues are with cancel culture without being explicit except not being explicit about it. Because... There are a ton of people I know who, when we were in high school, threw the F word around or would say that's so gay and that was just the norm. But like now, maybe they are gay. Maybe they're just a really nice person now and so they don't say that. But it's like learning that the language you do use has consequences, even if you didn't mean it like that. Yeah, and that people can be educated and And grow grow and, Mm -hmm. and make new decisions and um, yeah, I mean, I have I mean, a lot Q of- Q being called out for it. Yeah. Apologizing, not necessarily to Sawyer, but to Caleb himself, mm-hmm. even though Caleb didn't know what had gone down, and being like, I said something that I shouldn't have said, 
and I want you to know that I respect you and I don't think that way and I'm sorry that I said it. Yeah, like having a true, just having like a true consequences of your actions, but also like true apologies are really hard. Um, They require a lot more than I think people in general maybe think about you know like it isn't just and I'm sorry like it really is like changed behavior and like changed perspective um and it's really cool to see that especially coming from like a young person because I just think that that yeah like nobody obviously all the characters that we were playing make a lot of mistakes Ivy behaves in horrible horrible ways that I don't personally approve of just to just to be clear um I am you know, a Natalie we are not fan, our characters okay? do we understand does everybody understand I just want everyone to know this like I am not Ivy Duncan um but I have behaved like her to an extent in different periods of my life and I wouldn't behave that way now but when I, I can't was imagine a being yeah. a teenager like they are today with having phones at the ready because there are so many things that I did and learned from as a kid that you can't do anymore or you can't learn from anymore because everyone knows about it and disregards any sort of possible change that you could it's go really, through. Yeah, it's really scary like like the feeling that you have to you know the, the the fear of failure is so intense and I feel it like as an artist and as a young adult like you know you are encouraged to document everything you're encouraged to like you know make content constantly but at the same time like there's this horrifying fear of like not being knowledgeable enough or like not being sensitive enough to other people's experiences while also trying to you know empathetically express your own experiences and and where you've come from and and so it's it becomes this like horrible catch-22 of like put everything online but if you do you better be perfect you better be perfect and you're going to be locked into that persona forever um because i think that that's like the idea of a persona is also something that I wanted to explore a lot with Ivy and um you know because she has like this reputation and she has this behavior that people kind of expect from her that's really easy for her to perform and it gives her uh a lot of power in a way to just be perceived as this like hot bitchy smart cheerleader um you know that sleeps with everyone and you better watch your girl and watch your boy and watch your they thems because she's gonna get them all (laughs) um but I but she is so much more than that obviously because she's like to me you know I tried to make her like a real person and it's hard to change your behavior when people you know believe you to be this like very two-dimensional being and especially for like teenage girls there's so so much expectation um and while ivy like 
pushes back against a lot of it. Like she also succumbs to a lot of it. And, you know, I, I'm like, I'm a very femme presenting person and uh, have gone through many phases in my life and like coming to terms with like looking around the people that you interact with and being like, they all think I'm a dumb blonde or whatever is like so horrifying. Yes, I used to be blonde. Um, <laughs> uh, you far back on your Instagram, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, still yeah, there. Yeah. I need to like wipe all evidence of it from the internet. Um, but like, yeah, I, I mean, I remember like there is this kind of horrifying thing, like uh, assignment in school where we had to talk to people that knew us vaguely and ask them to give us like descriptions of what they thought we were like. And I remember like this one person that I thought was like a pretty good friend of mine was like, you're like so bubbly and like cute and you know, like adorable. And I'm like, that's, that's how you see me like fully as a friend of mine, you think of me as like bubbly and cute. Like those are the descriptors that pop into your head. And I was having a whole existential crisis over that. Yeah, no, no, I remember this class because I did it too. Yeah, I tried to wipe all of the, the that from my brain, but I do remember that specific one because I was like, this person really knows me. They're going to like say, I don't know, like I, when I think of myself, I think like empathetic and like intelligent and like creative. But yeah, it was like, you're cute and blonde and I was like holy shit is this what I'm is this like the the experience is this how I'm going to experience life like people are that's how people are going to see me and caused a whole existential crisis um for me which maybe was the point but I, you know maybe it was maybe it was unfortunate but good for your growth yeah, I was like, I can no longer be blonde. Um, but I'm just kidding. Blondes are very valid. And I think just, justice for blondes. Hot take. Um, oh, it's a hot take. I don't know, maybe. Um, anyway, yes, it made me rethink. It just made me realize that I wasn't showing up and presenting myself extremely genuinely to people. I was fo focusing more on like, likability and um especially sorry boys around men I was like really in that like men are a little scary I'm going to present as a little baby bird around them um for safety and I'm like I don't want to do that anymore I don't want to do that and I also don't necessarily want to present so like you know feminine all the time and I don't I, like the the change that happened in like my speaking voice between like freshman year of college and now is crazy um yeah you always had your customer service voice on yes it was always like hi like like octaves change sometimes I scare myself at work when I start talking to a customer I'm like that is so not my voice that's wild no, no, it's, it's awful. And like, also just, just being 
I really had to think about the type of person I wanted to grow into. And what do I want people to know me for? And what traits do I want to like cultivate actively? Because, you know, I was letting certain things that were innate to me fall to the wayside or like be completely private and personal. And I didn't want to be that way. I wanted to show up more genuinely in my life. And uh, I think that Ivy starts to learn that in this season. It's going to take her maybe hundreds of years to be able to fully do it but she's got the time so uh and i only have a hundred so i had to start doing it earlier <laughs> earlier than her unless we all like to figure out how to make our bodies last um well i mean if you can see how red my face has been getting throughout this it's because currently the apocalypse is happening happening right. outside if and anyone can see. there's no airflow in my apartment because if i open a window i think i'll die you want to hear something crazy? <laughs> I slept with my window open last, last night. Last night? Just because it was not. It was oh, it was hot. so hot. I was, it was sweating. So hot. I was in my I bed sweating. needed the breeze. And I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, I feel it was so cool and breezy. I could hear the birds. I was like, wow, it's stunning. And then I was like, why is it green? And then you're like, <clears throat> inside my house. Okay, but but they said that if you were to be outside for 24 hours in this current um, air condition. It would be like smoking six cigarettes over the next 24 hours. And I'm like, oh, that's I've done that. That. <laughs> that wasn't that bad. Okay. It's still bad. Yeah, totally. But that means I only, I only smoked three cigarettes over like the, the 10 hours I was asleep. Also, I do night, think so. it was, I do think it was better last night. Yeah. It's, it's it has gotten worse. continually worse throughout this day. Um, yes. I was supposed to play softball tonight, and that has been canceled due yeah, to the. No. Yeah, I have I have an N95, and I have my uh, my inhaler for my little asthmatic ass. But yeah, what is the? I think it was like when I woke up this morning, I looked at the weather app, and it was like unhealthy, one hundred and sixty-five, and now it's yes. at one hundred and eighty-one. So it has definitely gotten worse. Yeah, look at the like. It's just red, yeah. It's just a red it's screen. Terrible. Just terrible. A red screen. So oh, yeah, yeah, you don't have a green screen on right now, so I could see that fine. Yes, I. I did you notice I sat it's, myself it's in front beautiful. of my library? Yeah, I mean, listen. I know that that's very nice of you. That's great. That's perfect. But I don't have that ability, and so you just see the cat string, the toy that the cat plays with on the floor. You see this. You see the litter box. You see the mess on the door. So you know. You know, it does look great over there. Thank I appreciate you. your attempt. I couldn't. And it looks like this wall is blank. There's there's, there's just Legend of Korra. It's Legend of Korra art up at the top there. You know, I'm just That's too okay. low. I'm just too low. It's okay. I've, I do I've have my books. So. Yes, I have my whole, I would show you, excuse me, I would show you my giant bookshelf. This is like my tiny this is my colorful books bookshelf and then all of my books that are more grayscale are on this giant thing to the left of me. Um, but like I, you know, as a big reader, <laughs> from one big reader to another, yes, um, it was really, really satisfying to get to do this like, you know, fantasy, like role play, sort of thing that I'd been reading since I was a kid. And I was super into this specific genre of like 
monster romance as a high schooler and a middle schooler. And it really fed my inner child. I had like a big inner child breakthrough this morning. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I know what that means. I, I mean, it means that I am acknowledging the needs of like 12 year old April and what she wanted. And I am just acknowledging them and, and allowing her to uh, take over sometimes. And that means a lot of things. Like sometimes it means reading a young adult book instead of like a super smart, you know, literary fiction book. And sometimes it means, you know, like watching a TV show that's a little goofy, but like has the like young adult queer rep that I always wanted. Um, and doing Monster Hearts really fulfilled that as well. And also just like having a really close friend group where we yeah. have to meet mm -hmm. every week mm -hmm. and play it's forced together. Forced friendship. I love forced friendship. More, more forced friendship. Um, yeah, I, I want my friends to be forced to hang out with me, even if it's just virtual. Um, that's the crazy thing. I like still haven't met Brennan. Yeah, me neither. Wild. Yeah. Brennan well, we for are... shock. Get your butt to New York. I think he's trying, to be perfectly honest. I know, I know. I'm we're we're patient on people's eventual journeys. Well, we <laughs> we are coming up on an hour here, so we're coming up on the end. Um, and I think that is a good place to call it. But I want to thank you again for of course. Um, talking with me this afternoon. But before you go, mm -hmm. I know we talked about projects and stuff at the beginning of uh, this episode. But um, you always work on so many things. So is there anything else you're doing right now that you want us to know about or keep an eye out about? I have a few other shorts coming out this year, but I don't really know when. Um, so if any if anyone wants to follow my Instagram, it's at April Consolo. It's just my name. It's very easy to find me. Um, and I will post about, I have like another, I have this like gay 1940s, sci-fi period piece short film that's coming out called the sheep remain um that was really cool <laughs> i have um i'm doing i'm actually i just had a meeting because i'm costuming um a like catholic school coming of age feature film so i'm revisiting all of this <laughs> religious a lot of trauma, trauma. In that. <laughs> yes um <laughs> you know I, i'm like looking deep into all of the like the uniforms I wore as like a kid and stuff so that's really uh interesting but so I'm costuming that that won't even start filming though until 2024 so we're like pretty far out uh but then there's a few other things I like was in the costume department for this movie National Anthem that should be coming out soon it premiered at South by Southwest and which was about uh queer rodeo and like trans cowboys and stuff like that which is like so so cool i'm hearing the common theme here yeah is everything i do gay it should be it should be any it's funny okay i'm gonna end on this one story please do um one time i did a little commercial for uh joy ice cream cones i know this i've seen you it know of this? 
Um, and it was like a very small sh shoot. It was like one or two days. And it was supposed to be about like me and my older sister. And we're like bonding over how when we were kids, we would eat like ice cream cones and like the things our, our parents would say and stuff like that. But because of who I am, and because me and the other actress looked nothing alike, um, when they released it and I posted it to my Instagram, all of the comments were like, something LGBT just happened to me. This is the, the gay romance I didn't know I needed. I love lesbians. And the director of it like messaged me and was like, Do, does everyone really think that you guys were lesbians? Because I thought it was pretty obvious that you were sisters, but now I'm, I'm really worried. And I was like, no, 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 it, they're just being, they're just in a silly, goofy mood. Um, but like, for sure, for sure, that's it, the way it, it was came just, off. it was just, it, that's how it came off just because of who I am. And that, that's actually happened like more than once where they're like, people are like, wait, is this character gay? Is what's going on gay? And everyone's like, they were, she wasn't supposed to be. And I'm, it's just, that's what I bring to the table. Yeah. Is an unshakable queer aura. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, April. And for everyone else who is either listening and or watching if you're on our Patreon, until next time. Bye, guys. Bye. We hope you guys are enjoying these little interviews we've been doing. In upcoming episodes, you'll be able to hear more about our cast, who are creatives in their own right, as well as some other creators within the TTRPG space. If you want to see the video versions of these interviews or get early access to them, you can check out our Queerio tier on patreon.com queerpg. You can follow QueerPG on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at QueerPGPod. And we are now on Blue Sky. You can find us there at QueerPG.bsky.social. QueerPG is made possible by all of you who listen and share the show. So if you like what you hear, please rate and review. It helps other people find the podcast. You can also support the show by signing up for our Patreon at patreon.com queerpg. If you're interested in seeing transcripts for the episodes, all of those from previous episodes and episodes to come can be found on our website, queerpg.com. Until next time.